Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy is the new book by me, Nikita Banks, a licensed psychotherapist and life strategist. Leverage the knowledge you'll receive in this book to help you with the process of obtaining absolute clarity through the use of guided self-exploration. This process is necessary to help you master all your relationships in 2019 and beyond. Go on Amazon.com or BlackTherapistPodcast.com and grab your copy of the book guaranteed to help you redesign all your relationships based on two basic principles, health and happiness. Get your copy today. Welcome to the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is the podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. Now, if you are new to our show, I am your host, author, life strategist, and psychotherapist, Nikita Banks, in private practice in my hometown of Brooklyn, New York. I am available for both psychotherapy and coaching sessions, and you can find more information about that on my website, NikitaBanks.com. You can listen to our podcast everywhere podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, Pippa, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and BlackTherapistPodcast.com. If you are a mental health advocate or therapist and you want to buy our podcast merchandise, you can do so by visiting our site. And if you want access to our free mental health tips, free online trainings, discounted selective services, and resources, do so by joining our mailing list by texting "get happy" all one word to 66866. If you love the podcast, please like, comment, and share. We love to hear from you. And if you want to send me some feedback, guest suggestions, or simply to say, hey, you can contact us at our website, blacktherapistpodcast.com. Please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you're having any significant issues, please feel free free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area. Okay, let's go. If you missed last week's episode of the Black Therapist Podcast, here's what you missed. This episode, we bring back Dr. Holly. If you ever wondered what happens when two black girl therapists get together and talk about being black women bosses and the transition from private practice to group practice and the intimacies and unique challenges of telehealth. Did a show about it? Like to hear it? Here you go. If you missed the first episode, you can always go to our website and listen to it right now on demand. If you missed last week's episode with me and Dr. Holly Sawyer, you missed a lot, but here's part two. In this episode, we talk about how both of us have snapped during the pandemic, launching a brand new group practice within the pandemic and why it's so difficult to find quality therapists with your insurance sometimes. Yeah. So like to hear about it. Part two on the podcast right now. Hey guys, welcome to 2021. Uh, We made it. We've made it. We've made it. Now a few more days and we will have a brand new president and hopefully a brand new government that is a lot more competent and we will be able to breathe a sigh of relief. Um, If you missed last week's episode of the Black Therapist Podcast, where we talk again with Dr. Holly Sawyer, you missed a lot. This 
episode here is the conclusion of um, that conversation. And I just want to say, you know what? Thank you guys for riding with us. We are almost at our 100th show, which I will believe will be next week. And I... I just want to thank everybody for all of the support and all of the downloads over the the years that we've been running this show. When I started this this podcast, I just really wanted to share the experience of myself as a therapist of color who previously battled mental health issues. I say this all the time that everybody has a diagnosis, but everybody has issues and I had more issues than Vogue, Jet, Ebony combined, um, just growing up in the inner city, uh, Bedside, Brooklyn, when I did, and coming from a family who didn't really know how to fully articulate or value or explore their feelings in a healthy manner. And so I decided when I got healthy and when I got whole to be in practice and be of service for people who look like me to get and be on that exact same journey. And um, the podcast was just a tool for me to say, hey, even though I've made it, even though I'm here, even though I have have these things, I have the same struggle and the same past as a lot of the people that I serve. And um, I'm not talking down to you. I am not above you. I am a, a survivor story of like what happens when you do the work and you conquer your stuff, right? When you take personal responsibility for it and then you reach out to additional resources outside of your disposal and you make active decisions to get healthy emotionally. So that was how it started. We are almost at 100 shows. I made a goal to just not look at numbers or not look at metrics and not make it business and do five seasons of that. We are in the fifth season. I know where I would like for the show to go next, and I will let you guys know that in a few weeks um, if I have it. I feel like I've been dropping hints and saying that all along, but I'm just trying to figure out what's the best way to transition to where I am to where I want to be in our next couple of shows. But that said, we have some great content coming up and some great interviews coming up for the upcoming shows. And I also want to bring on some old guests or guests that previous guests, because they, I mean, I guess they got older because we're in a new year, but they ain't nobody old. Um, but to bring back some previous guests to talk about some of the things that they are doing now. And just for me to, to connect with therapists that I love and respect and have positive energy. And I know it's going to give you guys a good show and positive vibes on where we are going as a community and where we are going um, as a practice. That said, if you are a a therapist who wants to be on this show, the show is called Black Therapist Podcast. So my preference, first of all, is mental health professionals in the field who are licensed and credentialed. That is my first um, preference for guests. After that, I'm into having people on the show who are also people on the diaspora who are mental health advocates and community organizers doing the work of social justice and, you know, expanding social work services and access to those services for people of color. And that's really who 
I have on the show. And, you know, a lot of people reach out. I, I want to reach back to everybody, but it just really takes a lot out of me to reach back to everybody when you and I both know when you send the email to me to, to solicit being on the show that we you guys are not probably not a good fit and you haven't listened to the show. I feel like I'm saying this every week, but I just kind of want to raise the caliber and quality of the people who are submitting for the show. And I really want you guys to be on who not only need the platform or not only want the platform, but just who respects what it is that we do here and the aesthetics that we're trying to cultivate on the show. Okay, because this is is a a cultivated cultural experience. And I just want to make sure that everybody who's on the platform is able to lend their voice to that. Doesn't mean if you're not a clinician of color, you you don't have a place on this show. I've been really trying to get my old supervisor to be on the show for a really long time. She's an amazing woman who's white, but she does racial justice work. And, you know, I love her. So, I mean, it's not saying that I don't want people who are outside of the diaspora to come on the show. But if you do culturally competent work and you either service or advance the the equity uh, in either the mental health field or the psychological health field or the health field in general for people of color, then this is a spot for you. Okay? Okay. So we're going to get into part two episode of my interview with Dr. Holly Sawyer. It is a gag. We're talking about... Um, launching my private practices, why it's so hard to struggle to get uh, a therapist to take your insurance, how we both have snapped (laughs) during the pandemic and the blessings and lessons that we've learned in 2021, just kind of dealing with the pandemic. Okay. All right. So stay tuned. Listen out. So what is what has your experience been like with the credentialing process? Because I've been in contract or I've sent my contract in for one insurance company and it's already been six months. Hmm. So I'm just going to put it out there. Aetna sucks. Like, okay. like well, I didn't call a name. I didn't call. I know you so. didn't, but I am. Y'all don't punish. Don't punish me. <laughs> I am. Because that was Holly. Yeah, it was. But, it was all me. But yes, it's Edna. I'm gonna say it was all Aetna. me. I have not met one <laughs> black clinician who has applied for Aetna that either was not rejected multiple times or rejected multiple times had applied to appeal and then finally got it. And I was just like. They'll say like, oh, it's so many in your area, but it's like, no, that's BS. Um, and if it is true, then how are the other ones paneled that's in the same? We gotta talk offline. Yeah, we do because they are how hot mess. Figure out because <laughs> I know I, 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 that shouldn't that shouldn't be an issue for me. But I was told that Aetna is is running back behind 120 days, and I have a rack of Aetna clients waiting to see me, and I can't I can't see them oh, because it's, let me tell you, honey. Is bullock, it's, it's hogwash, it's bullshit. I applied for Edna in April. It's December. They denied me twice and then on the third time said I'll be I'll be getting my approval letter on December 1st. What's today's date? Still ain't got the letter. Girl, they can keep that. I'm not appealing. I ain't fighting a feeling. The people who I see EAP that have Edna, oh well, honey, I'm not gonna be able to help you because I'm I'm just not dealing with it. And see, yeah, I got some Edna clients right now that they they like they don't want to wait. They seeing me. 
in cash. And I'm 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 the queen of the extra payer. I will tell you another way around going around your insurance. But if I can't, I mean, it's nothing I could do if they're t- they're dragging their feet. And my concern is, if you're doing this just to approve me, how you gonna do when it comes time for billing? And I cannot again. I can't have you play with my money because it's gonna be a problem. So I think they're doing me a favor. GHI owed me for owed me money for three years. You see that? GHI pays the same rate that they paid in 1980, 84. You see what I'm saying? So no, but. No. To answer your question as far as their credentialing, like I said, I linked up with an agency that does all of that. So I don't I don't apply for any of this stuff. I don't pay for it out of my pocket. I just have So are they doing the appealing for you? Mm-hmm. I have a um I have a CAQH profile, which is basically a profile mm-hmm. where you know, you know, but for other people that therapists go in and dump all of their information as far as like your ed- educational background, your practice location, your license, your liability insurance, all that stuff. So that that is connected to insurances that you want to get paneled or credential for. So right now I'm with Optimum United Healthcare and Highmark, which is a subsidiary of Blue Cross Blue Shield. I only take those three. As far as my city and state, they are very good with the reimbursement rates that they have. I apply for Aetna before all three of those insurances. Cigna is real good too. Cigna pay you early. Quick turnaround. Uh, Cigna a little crazy in, in Philly, so I'm good. I'm staying away from them. But I did apply um, uh, for Humana because they're they're good. I had somebody call me with from Humana. I, I didn't even know that was a real insurance. Yes. but I don't know what I thought it like. I, I knew it was an insurance, but I didn't think it was. It's a low-key best-kept secret, honey. Check out their reimbursement rates because they're good in philly now they don't have like a um a lot of people say oh well we don't they, they they're not as big as etna or they will have a lot of people that's not true because i had people reaching out for me like in pittsburgh like oh do you take humana and i'm licensed with the state so i don't care where you live you got humana i'll take you mm-hmm. yeah and and it's good their rates are really really good okay um i See, and that's part of the problem that people don't understand too is that you mostly you don't know. So when you are when you accept your license or you accept your contract with an insurance um, broker, part of that contract is that you not discuss your rates with other people. So you don't really know what the rate is gonna be nope. until you get until you get in. They lock you in that damn contract, and then they be like, "Oh, this is what we gonna pay you," and then you can't even talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that definitely is something um, that needs to change. Um, I know here in, in 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 New York State with NSW, we've definitely been talking about um, meeting with the reimbursement rates and stuff. And they were actually supposed to have a meeting with one of the um, state's largest insurance companies, and then COVID happened, yeah. and so everything shut down because of because of COVID. So we're still trying to get them to have that meeting so that we could um we could figure that out. Because here in New York City or here in New York State, we have over. Um, six thousand members in an ESW, and I think I think about six thousand, sixty thousand social workers across the state. Okay, um, good. And so the fact that we're not being paid properly is a problem. And I've heard in some other states, Medicare and Medicaid have actually reduced funding for what they'll pay us mm. this year by like ten, ten or fifteen percent. What? Crazy. 
listen, I don't, I don't mess with them anyway. Right. Like I have some Medicaid clients, but I'm not, I'm not checking for their money. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, I, I take those you. clients to help those clients, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm not gonna be running Medicaid down for you know, you know, fifty, sixty dollars. Yeah, some sometimes they pay thirty five dollars. per session. Yep. Ain't nobody got time for that. Nope. You put more effort. I might as well see the client for free. Yep. And then yep, exactly. Call it a day, which is what I do. So mm-hmm. you are so right. You are so right. But yeah, if so, I had to go through the credential by my on my own as an individual practitioner, I, I like I said in my solo practice, I would not have done it. So I just again partner with an agency that handles all of that. And again, whenever I start seeing clients, they just I charge they charge me like a very small nominal fee to do the processing and keep up the credential. Literally, that's it. So when I bring clinicians in under me who are licensed, I put them through the same process and they don't come out their pocket. I'm a CU provider. So if you, you know, again, I could provide you with CUs to help you maintain and keep up with your license and other trainers and stuff that I'll offer too, to, you know, help you get certified. So I have other, you know, like incentives that I have going on in my practice um, because I don't think... People who work in community health and transition to private practice understand the business side of what it takes to run a private practice, whether you're solo in a group, the money that has to go into it. But you come to the table with like, oh, I want you to pay me $80 an hour. I'm not hating on your rate. Not at all. However. But that's not even real. They don't pay that. They don't pay that in New York, though. I'm just saying to you my experience, honey, in these interviews. I, I mean, I you'll you be not. lucky if you get a 50-50 split. I kid you not. I had a young lady said to me, she wanted me to pay her between $75 and $80 an hour. I ain't, I ain't mad at her, but <laughs> I ain't mad at either, but it's not realistic if you're in a I want a rich husband, sis. <laughs> in a mansion. So, yeah. So, thank you, but no thank you. Because, you know, you were a great candidate, but I can't meet your financial request. So, she was a C? Um, yes. I've interviewed LCSWs and LPCs and a couple LMFTs. Yes, ma'am. Yep, they- oh, well, at least you're diversifying with that. I'm probably just sticking with the LMSWs. I may take some some LMFTs or whatever whatever that is that they are. The um the licensed marriage and family therapist. No, licensed marriage and family therapist. Because for me, I don't see kids and I don't see couples. However, I'm, no, I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. I meant the LPCs. Oh, okay, so okay. The provisional license. I'm only hiring people who I'm supervising. Okay, got you. So the pre-licensed folk. Yeah, if I take LCSWs on, I will. Those will be LCSWs that I know got that you. I'm partnering with, like my niece and my friend and whatever. And then we would work out the the um, you know, the training for them to be able to do the supervision because I ain't got time. I yeah, I can dig it. Like if you coming on to be an LCSW, then you need to. You should be at a point where you should you should be able to be supervising other people too. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So. Um besides that how's the, the the pandemic treating you? Um some days are better than others. 
I'll, okay. that's the best way I can really like, you know, sum it up and describe it. This morning, I just felt like I was in a betwixt uh, between the Truman Show and Groundhog Day. I was just like, No, you didn't say betwixt. Yes, because I'm like, it's the same <laughs> thing. I mean, my same routine. And then it's like, is this even real? So I, I kind of go between yeah. the, is this real? And then I'm going through the same routine every day. So I, I kind of go in between the two. Yeah. Yeah, I had a weird thing happen to me this week where I forgot all about COVID. <laughs> So I'm in this, I'm in this, in this group, it's like a mixed clinician group. And I saw this white lady, I'm assuming she's white. I don't know that she is, but from the the color of the people in her staff, they was all white. Um, but she posted up a picture of her staff going to see Santa. What? And listen. And so it was a picture of, and in the post, she said, I don't want to see any negative comments. And I, I should probably should have known from there that this was probably going to be some BS, but I didn't pay it any attention. Um, and then she was like, I don't want to see any negative comments. And we're like, all right, whatever. And then, um, I didn't say anything about that. I, I, I had negative feelings about the photo for a different reason, but I wasn't thinking anything. So then the next day she posted in the group that somebody had reported the, but like gave her a bad Yelp review because of the photo, like one of the other clinicians in the group. Mm. And so I was like, well, why would anybody do that but I'm in between sessions I'm not really paying attention and so people were like oh if your your brother was in a coma from COVID related illness and I was like oh COVID they're gathering they didn't have masks on they were there were like 10 people in the photo oh Wow. So she, whoever, I guess the person turned off the comments, so I couldn't even comment back. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot about COVID for a second. Um, I had like the people who commented under me. I just kind of sent them a message and like, yo, I've completely. I've I've been in this house for like a year. I completely forgot that we're not supposed to gather and see Santa. Because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Hello. I'm totally not paying attention to who the people who are not doing what they're supposed to be. Like, I've learned to just block their asses out of Hello. So it didn't even dawn on me that they should not have been 10 people that close, you know, with a white Santa at, at the at the mall or wherever. Exactly. Because at this point, it's like, okay, we all in COVID. We doing COVID. So why are you acting like we ain't in a pandemic? So you probably look in the picture like... Well, you know, some of us are in different pandemics because, you know, 45 can get sick and go get $100,000 worth for That's treatment. True. That's and they're going to send my black ass home with a with an aspirin and, <laughs> you know, a hot water bottle and tell me to go on for myself. No, no, no. Like, we're not all in the same pandemic. Mm. So I, I, you know, I felt bad for forgetting, but I also was sad when I remembered. It was like when I was pregnant and I used to go, go to sleep and then I'd wake up and be like, oh my God, what is that? So I'm like sleeping, I'm dreaming, mm-hmm. I'm in the pool, I got a flat stomach. Then I wake up and I got this on my, what's happening? I'm about to go into labor. <laughs> so it was that kind of like thing. Yeah. 
how has been COVID been for you? Oh, because y'all have been like, oh, the poster child for like all the cases. So I live in a Jewish neighborhood, so they just pretty much do whatever they feel like it over here. Um, really? With the, with, with, with the caveat, with an exception. So I do live in a Jewish neighborhood, but I don't live in a, a completely Hasidic neighborhood. Most of the people who live over here, they got a little bit of money. And so they're a little, they're a little different. Oh, okay. Some of the Hasidics who are like driving around with Trump flags and like, you know, not wearing masks and like talk like uh, <laughs> I went to the grocery store the other day and the lady behind the counter was was there and some you know older Jewish woman came in the store and I will say that most of the people in the store who were Jewish they had their mask on they were doing what they're supposed to be doing not this lady she came in wow. she didn't have her mask on and then I don't know people do this this stupid thing of like pulling their mask down to talk you dumbass that's why you have the mask on <laughs> so she was like in the cashier's almost in the cashier's face and she's like the cashier said, could you put your mask on? And then she was like, what? What? Like, she pulled the mask down like she could like she could hear with her mouth. And I was like, she said, put the damn mask, <laughs> put the damn mask on. And he's, she's like, wait a minute. I'm trying to hear her. No, I just told you, put your mask on. That's what she said. <laughs> I'm just imagining two Jewish ladies with big ass hair <laughs> having this conversation like it's an SNL skit. Oh, that was hilarious. No, that was me. I was screaming like, yo, put your, like, because she's getting closer to the cashier because she can't hear her, but you don't hear with your mouth. Hello. You hear with your ears. Why are you pulling your mask? Put it on. Oh, God. Like, uh, yeah. So I've had some of that where I've had to be like the mask police where I'm like, put it goes over your nose, put it on. Like, one lady I was in Target, like, uh, months ago, and, like, she pulled her mask down to sneeze, and I, like, had <gasps> stupid ass. That's what the mask is for. I know you don't want snot in your mask, but, ma'am. Oh, wow. I was in Walmart one day, and Walmart had a sale on strawberries, like a dollar fifty a cart, or it might even been a dollar. But I was like, "Ooh!" And I remember my kids. Me, I put it on the list, and I was circling back around. And there's this white lady with her daughter in the front of the cart, and she's literally opening up the cart of strawberries, putting her hand in, no glove, and picking out strawberries with her hand. I lost my top. And now people are gathering, but I was hurt. Like, you really going to see her? She told me, yes, she was going to pick out those strawberries because they were hers and her uh, and the cart that she got was empty. <sighs> I'm not sure if I would have lost it about the strawberries, but I'm also not judging you for losing it about the strawberries. I think at this point... We gotta pick our battles, but we I I think that we like we gonna lose it. It wasn't even about the strawberries, it's the fact that we're in a pandemic and you literally are standing in Walmart, open plain view in sight, and taking your hands, we don't know where they've been in my in a pandemic and just picking through. It wasn't like you know how people pull off two bananas and then they just buy the two bananas. These are I feel you this that was the stuff a little bit more intimate. Yeah. I don't know, but I also haven't. I 
was just, I'm just thinking about the nasty things that people doing and they know we're in a pandemic. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. Honestly, I don't think that I'm ever going to like be able to be out in the world. Oh, mask anyway. No, I don't mean like that. But like, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna be wearing a mask for the rest of my life. And you could look at me crazy if you want to, but I don't really care. I'm definitely gonna be social distancing from people for the rest of my life. Like now, so we black, right? Um, and I thought you could get the cold, like a cold, by like showering and like washing your hair and going outside. I didn't know that the cold was a virus, even though I know it was the cold was a virus. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was the same thing. Like you get the flu from like droplets and like things like like now that I am fully aware. I don't think I ever want to go back. I never want to catch the cold again. I never want to get get the flu again. Like, I just don't want it. I'm going to wear. And I, I work, you know, when we worked in the hospitals, we have, like, I have to get the flu vaccine usually every year, which is another reason why I'm probably not going to be going. At, I'm not going to be at this job next year. Because if they require us to get a COVID test, game over. Mm. Um, and it's not that I'm I'm not an anti-vaxxer, so I don't want anybody to think that I don't have a problem with taking vaccines. I just want them to be tested, and I don't trump that. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't trust that president. Period. I don't trust the president. I don't trump that. Trust the FDA. I keep saying Trump. Same thing. I don't trust Trump. Trump. Same thing. No. Anything that works in the, the government right now, I just don't trust it. Yeah. Catch me in 2021, 2022, when the people go first and then they see. So I'm going to be careful for a while, period. Um, that's one thing. The second thing, I like people, but I don't like like people. Mm-hmm. And so... With all of the social distancing that I've been doing, it really has helped me refine who I need to be around. Mm -hmm. And I think COVID is doing that. I think the pandemic is definitely cleaning up a lot of waste in so many different ways. People out your life, people that are supposed to be in your life. It's just making way for a lot of stuff. I know I have been able to clean out closets, do a lot of stuff in the house. Like, no, ma'am, I'm not messing with any of that. Yeah, I have been really just been on some, let me just clear a lot of stuff out the way from people to places to things. Yes, I've gotten rid of a lot of stuff and people mainly for sure. Yeah, because I mean, if somebody is going to be a health risk to me, I don't want to be a part of it. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Period. And then there are those people who don't take it seriously. And then there are those people like I've had people. Um, my son has had pneumonia and double pneumonia more than once. And so when this happened, and he's asthmatic. So when COVID happened, I was like, Nah, we he gotta be better. Um, and so like even his best friends and his family was like, oh, he doesn't come around us anymore because we're dirty. And I'm like, y'all had COVID. First of all, y'all had, they had it and didn't tell anybody and not that they needed to tell, they they didn't need to make an announcement, but like, y'all had it. I didn't even know y'all had it. Like, nah. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Like people are making fun of people for being careful, which is stupid. It is. It is. What's concerning me though now is the asymptomatic people who have it but don't have a symptom. So you just really don't know. That's concerning. I'm kind of not worried about any of them because I'm not. I'm when I tell you I ain't around nobody. I ain't around nobody. Like, I was in the store today, and this this old lady walked up behind me. And then the then she told the the black lady, white lady, told the black lady behind her to back up and give her space. Mm. And the black lady was like, well, she got to move up, talking about me. And I said, well, she moved close to me. Didn't nobody tell her. First of all, she's she's within my six feet. First of all, and I ain't going nowhere. I'm I'm shopping. Okay. She came over here, so so she wanted the she wanted the me, wanted me to move up and wanted the black lady to move back. You need to get off the line, cause didn't nobody tell you to come close to me. Mm. So yeah, um, you know, unfortunately. People are getting a little testy. People are sick of being in the house. People are sick of homeschooling. Are you homeschooling? No, I'm not homeschooling. I'm more so just facilitating the learning process, honey. My children are 12 and 14. Okay. <laughs> no, ma'am. I'm getting my son ready for uh, high school. This is last year in eighth grade. We're, we're getting that stuff together because he has to apply for high schools. Um, and that's really, that's really where we are. My daughter has been having a huge, um, problem with the transition because she's a social butterfly and my son is the introvert on a spectrum and he has just, so this has been like his life, like he's loving it and he has been excelling in school and, uh, yeah, but you know, one day at a time, as usual. Some days are harder than others, but we we all find a way to get through. I do DBT check-ins with them every day. We all sit down. We did our our family walks a day. If it's not raining or snowing, we go out on walks. No cell phones allowed, and we just really check in um, with each other and get them off the screen. So for every three hours, you got to take an hour off of the screen. That means no cell phones, no television, no PlayStation. Myself. Like I said, some days it, some days you can, some days it just be hard where you just can't. But I still find a way even before we go to sleep. Like let's just check in. But they they've gotten on a routine now um, with the if three on three hours on and three, on an hour off. They've gotten to that. I got the schedule on the refrigerator. This is when you lunch, okay, some, dinner. I'm sorry, something is. Uh-oh. Making a noise again. Okay. You have a headset on. Yeah, I do. I think I had leaned up against it. Is this better? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, just, you know, getting, getting them a schedule for even in the house. Like you're not going to sit around and snack and eat all day. You know, these are hours you went to school. This is time you got to take breaks. This is when you eat breakfast, lunch, snacks, and dinner. And this is what we're doing, um, day to day. Like they've caught on. It was a little rough in the beginning, but you know, they've caught on, they've caught on. So you're launching on January 1st, your practice. No, I'm putting my paperwork in. Oh, okay. On January 1st. Ooh, and you got a name? I do. Ooh. You're going to reveal it when you launch? I, I, I feel 
like people who know me already should already know the name, but I don't want to talk about it until. Okay. Okay. It's registered. Okay. That's good. Oh, I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell the people where to find you. So I am on Instagram and Facebook at Life First Therapy LLC. That's the Life First Therapy LLC. And then the group practice is... Therapy Loft Collective, TLC for short, but Therapy Loft Collective on Facebook and Instagram as well. Those are the only two platforms that I'm on. I love that name. Thank you. So the the Therapy Loft Collective was supposed to be actually a self-care space for therapists. I have picked out this amazing space. It was like an artist loft that had like all these different like chill spots within it, an atrium, a cafe. Girl, COVID hit. And I was just like, Mm. this is ridiculous. Um, And I may still revisit it at some point, but I'm like you. I don't really think I am going to be quite open to go into like closed quarters and do business as usual, whatever I can get away with, with, as far as tele whatever and working remotely, I'm definitely going to do it. Um, so yeah, it's always a pleasure, uh, catching up with you and, and coming on. And you are author. So tell them about your book. Yes. Um, so I just dropped, get your mind right, get your money right. The mental health guide for successful entrepreneurs. And this is not just for people who are therapists. This is for anybody who is considering leaving their nine to five and jumping into entrepreneurship or people who are currently entrepreneurs and just want to maintain their sanity. Um, There are a lot of exercises within the book, um, but I also go deep into my own experiences and how I transitioned into being an entrepreneur and my own relationship with money and some narratives I was taught as a kid. I talk about imposter syndrome. I talk about self-care, anxiety, but just different things that may come up that we may not necessarily talk about out loud. Why are we like this? My second book is about finances. Go ahead, girl. Go not ahead. Shit, but it's about finance. So I'm not gonna read get your book. <laughs> Support your book, but because I don't, I don't want nobody saying I'm copying any book. Girl, listen. Yeah. Everything is copied. There's nothing new under the sun. If somebody no, but my but but my my book idea is is similar, but it's it's different. Yes. Yes. I, listen, so you know we we've always been kind of sympathetic, so it is. Yes, we are. And I didn't even know you had the new book out. Tell yeah. them about the other book. Oh, so the other book is basically is a, a planner, but it, it's not. And I do it. I did it in 2020 and I'm doing it for 2021. So the planner is not like your, oh, a to-do list. Let me get some pretty stickers and do these affirmations. That's not the goal of this planner. This this planner literally is for women who are ready to do some action, some work and boss up. So on a monthly basis, you go in and you do this assessment and it, it assesses you in different areas. It assesses your finances, your environment. So that could be work or home. It assess your mental health, your spiritual health, your social health, your physical health, and your mental health. And so I have a questionnaire that say, did I loan out money to somebody that I know I have no business loaning out money to? Do I have a savings account? Did I put XYZ amount of dollars into the savings account this month? Did I, did I go to the doctor and get an OBGYN checkup? Did I, you know, just different things that as women in general, we may forget to do because we're taking care of everybody else. But I literally go deep and actually 
you some real ass questions. Like, am I doing this like I should be on a monthly basis? What are some things that are holding me back? And then there's a little bit, I would say, of some cognitive behavioral therapy exercise in there around negative thinking, changing your, you know, your thought patterns, how to express gratitude and how to bring in abundance. But as you do these monthly check-in points, you'll know what you need to go in to change as far as your behavior so that you can get the things that you are destined and that you want to achieve. So that's basically the planner. So Okay, so that's the second book I didn't know about. Tell them about the damn book I know about. The, you just been working. The first book I just said, the the um Get Your Mind Right. That was the book that you probably knew about because I dropped that in October and then the planner just came out. No, no. The book that when we met, I went to your, Oh, went to that oh, one. that was my work. Now you got so many books you forget. <laughs> well, you well, sweetie, I didn't know you were talking about that. I apologize. So I my fir- very first workbook is called It's Time to talk about trauma so that's for people who are like on the fence if they not quite ready yet to go to therapy and they just want to do some work on their own and so in there there's again a lot of um self-directed exercises and worksheets and resources on how to find a therapist and some things that you can ask a therapist as you are shopping around for a therapist because sometimes people will feel like oh you accept my insurance or you I can afford you I'm gonna go to you when it may not be a good clinical fit and I tell people don't just shop with with your therapist using okay uh your insurance card or your wallet it needs to be a good clinical fit it needs to be both Mm Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I ain't like my therapist or therapist sucks. My therapist was horrible. Well, you could have a bad clinical fit because you just jumped on the first therapist that, you know, took your insurance or you could pay $75. You get what you pay for. Well, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so those are, so those are, um, the work, it sounds like my trauma was from last year for 2019. And then these, the, the, the other two books I dropped, um, this year, these, this year, but the, um, get your mind right. I started working on that in September of 2019. It usually takes me about a year to gather all of my resources and write it out and then trim the fat, go through the book cover process. So it's, it's about a year or so process for me to write a book. Yeah, my the the second book that I want to write, it's already started. Good. It hasn't been something that I like I didn't focus on. But this is how my first book came out. Um I had already had notes and then I was like, "Oh, I want to want to write this book." And then when I went into my notes, I was like, "Well, the book is already half written in the notes." So then I was just able to kind of like outline everything and then get it done and put it out. Nice. So yeah. Well, I'm excited. I can't wait to um to read it, honey. Yes. Well, I'll have more time to write once the group practice. Hopefully, once the group practice. No, starts. you will. I like, I like maybe if I could scale back some of my clients now because people like you, ma'am. Some guy um sent me an uh, email. He's like, well, I've been looking at room, waiting to see you, you for a long time, and I've been keeping my eye on you, and I'm I'm finally ready. And I was like, bruh, we is full. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you should have made your presence known earlier. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, we not so like we are, that. Yeah, you gotta come are, on. We get booked we up. Are, yeah, we are full. I'm sorry. So yeah. Um Thank you for coming back on the show. And thanks for having me back. I'm I cannot wait to see what infos for you in, in 2021 with the practice. I'm excited for you. This this sounds really good. Well, if I call you crying, then you know what it is. Come yes, yes come through, honey. Come through. And we definitely gotta talk offline because Edna's a whole mess. But yeah. <laughs> All right. So I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Black Therapist Podcast. Next week, tune in to our 100th episode. Um, And um, I'm just really grateful for the work that we've done here and all of the support that we've done in the podcast. I cannot wait to see where it goes next and to see how it grows from here. And thank you guys. Please be safe and be well. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on all our social media sites at Black Therapist Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as Black in Therapy on Facebook. Or you can follow your host, me, Miss M-S-N-I-K-I, thanks, on Instagram and Twitter, as well as you can find out any information about me at Nikita, N-I-K-I-T-A, banks.com, and on the show's website, Black Therapist podcast.com and don't forget if you want to send us any general feedback show suggestions uh show topics or guest ideas please feel free to drop us an email at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com thank you be well